Good morning, Northwest. You having fun? Welcome to 2017. Wow. What a great day. Are you, having, are you having a good day today? It's a good day, isn't it? Turn to the person beside you and say, I hope you get something special today. Say back to them, I hope you know that you're a special person yourself. And say it with a lisp. <laughs> Can we just quickly say a special welcome to our, the people who are uh, dialing in online right now? No one dials in anymore. I keep saying that. Sounds like, you've got AOL. You're a man. <laughs> <laughs> broadcasting, switching on, on their cell phones. If you're actually on a computer and you see a little chat box, uh, log into the chat box. Let us know that you're there. Let us know where you're dialing in from, where you're tuning in from. We'd love to know where you are. I know there are so many people around the world and around the country that, that tune into the Sunday morning service. And if you have, you know, if, you, if you're tuning in with us every so often, then you know, we really do consider you as a part of our body. So we want to be connected to you. We've got online pastors right now that want to be connected to you as well. So uh, hello in the, 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 the cyber sphere, where you, wherever you are. So why doesn't everyone else just turn around and start waving at the camera there? And the camera can see, I don't know if the camera can see anyone. There we go, there we go. Welcome to Northwest. That is awesome. This morning, uh, we have, of course, done things a little bit differently. We've done a big celebration. We brought all three services, and we figured that some people would have partied hard, so hard the night before that they might still be in bed, and you're tuning in online, so we figured we might be able to fit everybody in the room, and, and surely we have. And what I want to do today is we're going to look at two different things today. We're going to look at what you guys did for 2016. <clears throat> now, some of you are probably glad to be rid of 2016. Anyone with me on that one? Okay. <laughs> you're like... Get out of here, right? And some of you are, 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 you actually had a good 2016, but whether you know it or not, we, we actually have done quite a bit this year as a church. So we love to review what we have done so we can be, we can be mindful and grateful of what God has done through us in the city, uh, in your family, in your community, in your neighborhood. So we're going to look at quite a few things. Now, you know that the vision or the, 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 uh, the structure of our church is that we feel that God has called us to four different things. To, and we call it the anagram of BASE, B-A-S-E. That's business, art, social, and education. And so we're going to be looking at things within those categories. And of course, uh, there, there are many other things that maybe don't seem to fit in so easily, but these are the four mountains or the four vehicles that we feel that God has called us to get on top of. And so let's look at these things one by one. The first one is this. If you remember the beginning of the year, we decided to do a crazy idea and say, let's go get another building. Woo! I can be honest, I really didn't think everyone would be on board with it, and I was, I was absolutely proved wrong. Sometimes I can be wrong. How wonderful is that? So we have started our build campaign, and, and over the next three years, the next actually two more years, we have committed to, um, you have all committed to giving $1.7 million dollars. I actually think God's going to increase that. Now, that says $273,000 that we've got right now. We actually have $305,000 that we've already raised so far. I'm excited by that. So, but it sounds like, you know, since we've committed to a building, we have to add on an extra B to the base. So we're going to call it Babase this year, okay? I feel like I need to have a big loud echo right now. Babase, space, space, space. Yes, thanks very much. That's awesome. So... <laughs> 
So of course, as much as we're committed to these four mountains, we've also got another mountain in front of us that we think God has led us to, and that is the Build Campaign. How exciting is that? The second thing we did this year in the, on the mountain of business is the, is the Greater Than Conference that we had, which is a business conference. And the cool thing with what we did with the business conference this year is that this is the first business conference that we had all of our speakers in-house speaking at the business conference. Why is that important to me? Because this is not something that we have been particularly great at. It's not something we felt particularly called to in the business realm, but in the last five years, we felt God leading us to say, start planting your flags in the business realm. And so we had to see it grow within us. We had to see it grow in our leadership before we can expect to be able to take this to the city as well. And so this is the first time we've had all in-house. How cool is that? Many of you are called to be Josephs. You're called to be Josephs, uh, captains of industry, that you might have to go in as a slave, but you will come out as the prime minister. You will come out as the captain of industry. Who Joseph was the guy who led the Israelites to freedom from the famine that came upon the whole entire world. Who is called to be a Joseph? Anyone? Anyone? If you know you've been called to be a Joseph, you need to take that spirit on and let it take over you. Wear it like a cloak in the name of Jesus. Let's look at arts. What have we done with arts this year? With arts, we've got, of course, we've got the dance studio. And this year, we did, we increased from three performances to five performances, which sounds like, oh, we just did three dances. We did five dances instead of three dances. No, it's performances. The amount of effort and work that goes into to putting these performances together. Why is this such an important thing for us? I'll tell you why. Because I consider the dance studio and the dance teams evangelists. Why? Because they're telling the way and the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ and how we might be able to, uh, how people might be able to come to him. There's many people that will never fit foot in a church, but they'll certainly come to watch a dance. Right, so when they come in this building, they're not coming to a church, they're just coming to see a performance. Because we were at Dr. Phillips, we traveled as well, we went to Peru, we got to perform in, in front of 13,000 people. And the story was actually, the, the, the performance we did was uh, of a family that were getting a divorce, and you had the mother and the daughter, and you had the, the father, and they were getting divorced. And one of the pastors had asked me, as I'm about to introduce this, can you tell me the story? And I said, yes, this is about a family that's getting divorced, and how Christ, uh, at the end of this, this, this story, Christ comes into their lives, and they have to turn to Christ for reconciliation in their own hearts, to find peace in their own hearts. And he says, oh, great. And the family comes and gets back together at the end. And I said, I don't know if that's a story in Peru, but it's not the common story in America. People don't, when they get divorced, they don't tend to find Christ and then come back together again. I don't really know that that's necessarily what has to happen. What I do know is I have to find peace with God. I've got to be resolved with God. I've got to find myself repentant in the presence of God. And he's like, Oh, yeah, I suppose you're right. And I said, but what you're gonna find is that God is in the middle of it at the end. They had said they had never seen anything like that performance ever. When I say ever, I spoke to quite a few other pastors and said, we haven't seen this in South America. We don't know if you do this commonly in America, but we haven't seen this type of way of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. How cool is that, that our dance studio, our dance team, our evangelists around the world, who wants to become an evangelist? <laughs> Some of you go, I'll be an evangelist. And you're like, well, you better limbo up if you want to be in the dance team like this. That looked awkward. Okay. What's the other arts thing? The other arts thing is we actually have a music school as well, which is another evangelistic outreach as far as we're concerned. We now have another teacher who's joined the staff. Kristen, Kirsten, Kirsty, Christy, whatever you're in. I can't remember. How I know it's one of them. So Kristen has joined our staff. And uh, where are you, Kristen? Where are you? 
What are you? Oh, she's on the production team. Okay, we're working her overtime today, right? So, uh, yeah, keep working hard. Okay, so she's one of our new teachers. How exciting is that, that we're reaching into the community to be a part of Northwest? And, of course, the band released a CD uh, at the beginning of this year, which, uh, which, is, which is awesome. It's cool. I want to see many uh, uh, CDs come about. Why? So we can become famous? No. So that we know that the worship of Jesus Christ is in the hands of people in an accessible way. And you might say, well, there's tons of worship CDs out there. That's true. But your friends are not listening to those worship CDs. They want to, worship, want to listen to one of your CDs. Hello. Because they're invested in you. And you're now the avenue. You're now the vessel. You're the conduit of connecting them to Christ. So we want to see music get stunned up in this church. And of course, we now have three full-time bands in the church. I'm shifting along here because I really want to get to the word that God has given me for today. Let's look at social. <clears throat> we have a new good-looking guy right here called Casey Stagg. And he is our new small groups director. You here today, Casey? Hey, Casey, how you doing? Do you want more groups to be manifested and birthed in this church? How much? Is that it? Is that all you got? I want, to, I want you to get up and go, I want a lot of groups. <laughs> Thanks, Casey. That was good. That was good. We practiced that earlier on. But listen, the last command that Jesus gave to us was... Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Is that right? You might consider yourself a disciple, but God is now commanding you to be a discipler. There are many of you today who are actually called to be a small group leader. When you think of a small group leader, sometimes it might panic you and worry you. How am I going to do this? I don't know how I'm going to do it. But really, all you're doing is taking your Bible study and sharing it with other people inviting them to be a part of the circle of your study and discipleship in the presence of God. I believe that many of you are called to be disciplers, and we need more groups to start. Why? Because when a new person comes, they need to be connected to the community of Jesus Christ. They need to be connected to you. To Sunday morning, that's great, but they need to be connected to an individual. And many of you have been called to be small groups, uh, small group leaders, and I want to see you start that today to take a risk. Now, some of you have already been group leaders before, and you've said, well, I tried it, but people didn't come. Or they did come, but they no longer come. People are not interested. I'm, not, I'm just too busy. And when I read back that scripture that says, go into all the world and, to, and make disciples of all nations, I didn't see the part that said, unless you're busy or unless people don't turn up. It didn't say that. It just said, go into all the world. And if you don't find it that people are, 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 are coming to your group in this area, then move to a different area. Move to a different night. Move to a different place. Go into all nations is what the Bible says. Go into all nations is what the Bible says. You're called to be a leader and a discipler of all people. This is what God's calling to us to this year. The next thing we have done is we have got a marketing team that puts a lot of work into the online stuff. Why? Because online is now the new evangelistic field. And we have now become actually number one on uh, Google. Uh, we've actually been able to get to the place of being number one on Google. And that's actually a very difficult thing when you're searching for churches. Now, why is it so we can beat all the other churches? No, it's because we believe that God has given us something that we've got to get out there to other people. And I'm excited by that. In fact, we also have a brand new website that PH3 actually put together again. How cool is that? Here's some stats from our website. The site was visited by over 200 countries last year. 
wait, two, did you say 200? Is there even 200 countries in the world? I just thought it was America and Canada. <laughs> There's 200 countries? Now, we might take this for granted in Scotland. That's right. Three. <laughs> Giving up my birthright. God, well, say, forgive me. Um, it's the promised land right there. In our videos, we had 11,000 plays of sermons last year. Just in November last month, or the month before, we had 5,766 people that visited the website. Why is this important? It's not just because it's a numbers thing of how cool are we, but when you take it for granted how much access we have to the internet, how much access we have to content of goodness, of, of the word of God, and yet people around the world are living in countries where they don't have access as much to the internet or they don't have access to Christian communities. This is something that must come from us, not just from me, not just from Pastor Mark or anyone else on the team, but from you as well, that we have to spread the word of Jesus Christ. He's given us an easy way to do it where you can look at our cell phones and do that every day. Here's the next thing we've done. We've had teams that have gone into the world and preached the good news. Uh, uh, David and, and Elena Dunbar have a ministry down in Honduras. David, are you here? They're probably in Honduras right now as we speak. They have gone down quite a few times this year and taken teams down there. And what they're doing there is absolutely amazing. Working with orphanages and actually being able to speak to people about Jesus Christ as well at the same time as being the hands of Jesus Christ. We've even gone into Peru. We've gone to Ecuador. I know that we went to a few other countries and I've missed out the country that you went to. Uh, uh, forgive me, but but I want you to see a vision for the world. One of the things we had a chance to do at the beginning of the year was take a team to India to teach them about business, to teach pastors about how to be prosperous in business. Why is that important? Because there's so many people who are called into pastoralship that don't know how to support themselves, and the stats of pastors walking away from the ministry is horrific, and the number one reason is because they can't support themselves. We want to give them the gift of knowledge, of knowing how to be prosperous in business as well as in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. How cool is that? What else did we do? Social ministry. This is a, uh, I guess there's lots of things here. You might look at it and say, well, we, done, we do these every year, uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it comes down to that community is the most important part to our church, right? It's a relationship with Jesus Christ is important, but Jesus, or the Father, chooses to reveal himself through three different ways. He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, he speaks to us through the Word, and he speaks to us through each other. And if you don't have a community, then you're, you're losing at least 30% of the, of the message that God is trying to give to you. How cool is that? Here's the next thing that is really cool. We not only have three full-time ministry teams for our services in the kids' church, but one of the things that they did this year is, you know how we have a partnership with IGM that is the largest anti-human trafficking group in America that is, works a lot with the American government? What the, the work that they do is amazing. Our children's church raised the most money of any children's ministry in the country for IGM. Wow. Wow. How cool is that? That is exciting to me. Why? Because we're putting into our children to be world changers. 
to be world changers. That's what we're putting into our children, that all they have to do is take a small amount of money and consistently give it to the work of freeing people in the world. We're making, we're putting it and planting it in their hearts to be world changers. On that as well, we have actually had, a, we've actually had a, a team that has formed this thing called Fun Nights for Freedom, where they basically just have fun together, and then they raise money together, and they have given money to the IGM as well, which fights for, against human trafficking. And now, our Fun Nights for Freedom, our charitable fundraising, our, our community work has now become a model for IGM. Is that right, Crystal? IGM have now looked at what we have done philanthropically as a model of what they want to repeat throughout churches in this country. If that's not amazing, I don't know what is. Wow. Wow. That is phenomenal. A lovely project. You have might have heard about this, but the lovely project is the ministry that we have of working with young girls, and now we're in six schools. Who said that God is not in school? If you're going to school and God is inside of you, then God is going to school. But imagine if we're able to find a way to disciple other young girls, other young girls. How cool is that? I, want, I have a goal for the Lovely Project, that the money of the world will start coming into the Lovely Project so that we can be in every school in Orlando or at least in Central Florida. I'm looking for that. I'm saying that out loud because I'm saying it out in faith because maybe you're gonna be the person that's gonna connect to someone else or someone is listening online and they're gonna go, I wanna be a, a part of that too. We want to see the money of the world come into this work because this is for the, our society. This is for our culture. Does that mean that they all have to become Christians? No, they don't have to subscribe to Christianity. But what they do need to know is that we're gonna live as Christians. What they do need to know is we're living out the mandate that Christ has called us to, and that is to help people discover him through life. How exciting is that? What's our next thing? Our digital evangelistic outreach. Of course, we have uh, online, you're watching online right now. We have pastors now that are full-time pastors just for those that are online. And in fact, we want to be so connected with you online that if you're somewhere in the country, our pastors wanna fly up and see you. Or maybe somewhere in the world. They're, they love traveling. Pa uh, Pastor uh, uh, Phil and Linda, they love traveling. So they will come up and they will drive anywhere to come and see you. If they want, you want someone to come and see you, we've got pastors that will come and see you. Who wants to go on that road trip? Yeah? Yeah? I'm in. Come in. Shotgun. <laughs> And of course, this year we had many new businesses and promotions and adoptions and babies and marriages this year. Whether you like it or not, that is growth. It's secret growth. It's quiet growth. Anyone have an adoption this year? Anyone? Bueller? Just a couple over there. How exciting is that? Wow. Wow. That is exciting. Okay, our last mountain, education. What have we done this year? Linda Weekly, of course, is our new director of education who started last year, but this has now been her full year. We have a goal of turning our Northwest U into something that is not just for our church, but is now something that could even be uh, accredited, that could allow people to be able to come from the community to learn further education as well. Do they have to be a part of our church? No, our job is to do something in this community. We want to bring the community in for education. In fact, she has gone on to get further education 
herself so that she can learn how to grow this thing. She is invested, putting money upon money. You know, schooling costs money, right? She's putting money into this thing because she believes in this vision of giving education to our community. And on that, we've actually started a partnership with a group called Jobs Partnership. And Jobs... Simmer down over there. <clears throat> Few people are really into that. Jobs Partnership is this really cool group that started, uh, they, they, who, who saw the, the, the need for people to learn how to be employees, how to become jobs. And there are so many people who are in poverty that just need to be mentored and discipled in order to be able to know how to dress right, how to act right, how to talk right, how to, how to be able to be a good employee. So they have this course that is, I don't know how long it is, it's about a 12-week course, 15-week course or so, and they have one-on-one -on -one mentoring with people, and they train them how to become good employees and Jobs Partnership, what they have done is they've made partnerships with big employers like Florida Hospital to be able to, at the end of the course, get people jobs in these places. What they're doing for this city is amazing. They've got plenty of churches that are a part of it. They've got communities that are a part of it. And now we want to be a part of it. Why? Because I don't want to reinvent that wheel. I want to steal their idea and then use it in our church, right? And so what we've got, we've got a couple of people who are now learning their system and learning their process, and they're going to bring it to Northwest over the next next few years so that we can become a center of goodness for our community, training up people how to, how to uh, uh, know how to be a good employee. How exciting is that? I'm excited about that. So, base, this has been for 26, I'm sorry, but base is what we have done for 2016. It's been an exciting year. It's been a crazy year. There are many things that you have done as Northwest that maybe isn't up on this screen. I need you to know that God has seen everything that you've done. I need you to know that the Father is proud of what you have been doing for him, uh, for, his, for the kingdom of God. But now we turn to this question of what is God calling us for 2017? What is he calling you to for 2017? Well, we believe that God has given us a word for 2017, and we take it from Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. And we're going to read from Joshua chapter 6, and it says this. Now, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them, sound a long blast on the trumpets. Have the whole, the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone straight in. Turn the person beside you and tell them to dream big. Tell them with some enthusiastic enthusiasm that they actually believe you. Shake them and go, you need to dream big. <laughs> From up here, that sounded like a lot of sheep going. But we need to dream big this year. This is the word and the vision that we believe that God has given us for this year. We've already started the vision of, of going to get a bigger building, a better building. That's a big vision, without a doubt. But God has put big visions within you as well. He has called you to greater and bigger things. What we have just read here is something that God really challenged me on. 
And I want to look at several things. And the first thing I want to look at is closed doors and barred gates. Because right in verse one, it says, now the gates of Jericho were securely, what? Barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Most of you are ready to kick 2016 to the curb because it sucked. It sucketh in Jesus' name. (laughs) Because you've had closed doors and barred gates. You've had money stolen from you. You've had business stolen from you. You've had friends stolen from you. You've had people in your family that died and you don't know why they died. You've had relationships that have died. Maybe businesses and ministries have died in your hands. And this year you've gone, what the heck is going on? In fact, we had a, we had a thing this year where uh, we gave up our health insurance this year because the whole hair care thing didn't work, didn't work out for my family. And so we just gave up health care. And then every one of us systematically went into hospital or for some surgery thereafter, right? And then someone went up to Crystal and went, do you know that this is the year of Jubilee? And she said, I think we paid for someone else's Jubilee. (laughs) I'm not too sure about that Jubilee thing going on. But let me tell you, I believe that we have seen barred gates in front of us. We have seen closed doors in front of us. And you can ask the question, why? Well, I don't know if you remember when we were at the beginning of this year and we talked a lot about Joshua crossing the, leading the people of God from the desert into the promised land. And before that, they had walked for 40 years. And before that, they had, uh, they had wandered in the desert for 40 years. And before that, they had been slaves in Egypt. And they moved from the land of not enough into the land of just enough, which is the desert, into the land of more than enough, which is the promised land. And when they crossed over, the first thing that God called them to do was to circumcise themselves. And let's look at this in Joshua 5. It says, at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. Now, this is why he did so. Because all of those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. I believe that this has been a year, a past year of cutting, of circumcision, of things being taken off from us. And I always wondered, why did he say flint knives? Why did he not just say, take a nice, clean, sharp knife and chop off the end and everyone will go, oh, that wasn't nice, right? Thank you, Jesus, let's go heal, right? But no, 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 it had to be a flint knife, Can you imagine that? Oh, it's a nice flint knife. I'm sure that's sharp. (laughs) A stone taking off parts of you has got to be a very imperfect implement. I believe that God uses imperfect implements in us to chop off things away from us. Things that might be painful to go through. Things that might be painful to get rid of. But the fact is you will never forget how God changed you in 2016. Hello. And it started in 2016. But when they were healed, he then came to them and said, but now I'm giving you something greater. Now I'm giving you something greater. Has God closed gates in your life this year? Has he closed doors? Is there barred gates in front of you? I've got news for you. God's not interested in the gates. He's not interested in taking those bars off. He's not interested in opening up those doors. You know why? because he's gonna take the walls down that are all around that city. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter what closed door is in front of you. When God takes the walls down, you'll look at the closed door and go, well, what's that all about? And then you'll walk around them. 
Because the next thing he says is, then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. He didn't say, here, I have, have you heard about it? I've delivered, I'm going to deliver Jericho into your hands. He didn't say, just trust and believe. He said, see, I have given Jericho into your hands. This is where we believe that God is telling us this year to dream big, to start seeing greater things. Forget about the gates. Forget about the past. Forget about the lost. Forget about the cutting off and the circumcision. Start seeing what God wants to put into into your hands. How many of you had a good Christmas this year? Good Christmas? The rest of you that didn't clap, you're like, "Eh, ate too much. (coughs) On Christmas morning, there's usually a whole bunch of gifts under the tree, isn't there? Usually a bunch of gifts that are under the tree. But what happens with these gifts is that someone has to be the giver of this gift. Who would like this gift today? Anyone? Uh, you put your hand up first. Matt, you come on up. Come, come up to the stage. <clears throat> Sorry, buddy. You put your hand up fast. You're going to get it. It might be really horrible. But come on up to the stage, okay? So <clears throat> when you bought a gift, did anyone buy gifts for someone else? Did you buy gifts from someone else? Okay, so you bought the gift for someone else. God said, see, I have given Jericho into your hands. But wait a second, they hadn't even entered Jericho yet. The walls hadn't actually uh, dipped, had, hadn't actually fallen down. The doors hadn't fallen over. Nothing had been conquered yet, right? They had been, he said, see, I have given it into your hands. How is it he said he had given it into their hands when it hadn't even happened yet? It's a little bit like when you give a gift to someone. When you buy the gift, I buy the gift for Matty Boo Boo, right? I'm buying this gift. I have decided I'm buying this gift. I have the power of money in my hands, and it says on it, in God we trust, I buy this gift, and it's in my hands, but it's not in his hands yet. Does it still belong to him? It does belong to him. Why? Because I've chosen to get this for him. I've chosen that this is going to go into his hands. Now, wait a second. Maybe it's in the, maybe it's in the, the sky and Amazon has got it and it's not in my hands. Well, who does it really belong to? If I have used my money and I have used my authority to get that thing to him, it still belongs to him even if it gets lost or stolen on the way. It still belongs to him. On the 23rd and on the 24th, does this belong to Matt? On the 25th, does it still belong to Matt? And when Matt opens up his hands and looks at me with googly eyes, right, and I put this in his hands, does it belong to Matt? It always belonged to Matt. As soon as I had ordered it, it belonged to Matt. As soon as I had chosen, I'm going to give this to him, it belonged to Matt. As soon as it was in the blogosphere or in the cybersphere or being flown by a drone helicopter somewhere to me, it still belonged to Matt. As soon as I put it in his hands, it belongs to Matt because I've chosen to give it to Matt. Here's the problem with this for Matt. It's just because it's in his hands, he doesn't necessarily know what it is. He can't see it. He can't use it. It nearly seems like it's useless. A Christmas gift might be in your hands, but you can't see or use it yet until it's revealed. It's got to be revealed. We have to start seeing what God has called us to. Start seeing the thing that God wants to put into our hands. And at some point, Matt's gonna have to put the work in to rip that paper off and start receiving it into his life. And even when he gets the paper off, he might see it, but now he has to pull the thing out and he's got to assemble the thing and put it together to make it into what I've called him to do, right? Go ahead. Does everyone want to know what it is? It's nothing special, but go ahead. 
It's the Christmas sausage. Whilst you were going through a cutting, no, you stay there, buddy. (laughs) Whilst you were going through a cutting, whilst you were going through pain this year, God was preparing something for you. God had already paid the price and set something up to be given into your hands for 2017. I need us to start dreaming big because expectation is one of the most important parts of our faith. If you imagine you get up on a, on a Christmas morning, you give your kids some, some Christmas presents and they go, oh, where you go? Oh, what's it this year? You kind of start thinking, should I be giving this gift to this person? Do these kids gonna appreciate what I've given to them? Do they deserve what's going on? Do I want to trust them with this thing? But when your kids are excited and they are overwhelmed with what they're about to receive, you can't wait to give what you want to give to them. Am I right? I want us to see a video right now of some children who have far less than what we actually have, but when they received the gift of simple things, their expectation was overwhelming. Let's play that video right now. That's expectation. I don't know if you were like that on, on, on Christmas morning or you got up and got your coffee and like, oh, let's see what we've got. And you kind of took your time with that, that type of thing. I want to go back to childhood that I can have the same expectation that I had when I was a child to go, what is God going to give me today? What's the Father got in store for me today? What is he wrapped up that I'm going to have to work out of on pulling out and start using and that he's going to give me tools in my hands for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the kingdom of God, and that I get to be a part of this. What is God calling you to this year? What is the big dream that he's putting in your heart? Have you lost relationships last year? Forget it. If you have got things cut off from you last year, forget them. Moveon.com to the vision that God has given you to dream big, to dream big, to dream big. That's what God has called us to. What I find interesting is this last thing, and it says, march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. What? Are you kidding me? I've been marching for years. 40 years I've been doing this. And you want me to do another six days? Can't you just make the thing come down? No, let me tell you. Why did he tell them to walk around the building? Why did he tell them to do it? Because that's what they knew to do. God has already given things in your hands that are already useful. That's your gift. That is your seed. That is your faith. What is the gifts that God has given you? 
What is the tools that God has given you? He's gonna call you to use those tools for something great. But for six days, why six days? I'll tell you why six days. Because that's the pattern that God has put in our life since the beginning of time. We didn't have to work for six days because of the fall. We already had to work for six days before the fall. Why? Because I believe this is God's way of allowing us to be a part of the joy of what he's building. It's not just gonna be a gift that he'll give us and we have to sit there and just look at it. It's gonna be a gift that we'll be a part of building together. How exciting is that? I don't know where you are for 2017. I don't know if God has given you a word. I don't know if you're into resolutions or you're into setting goals for the year. But what I want you to do is to raise your eyes up and start looking to the distance. Start looking towards what God has called you to because God has called you Northwest Church, not you just individually, but you as a body of Christ. God has called you to a bigger vision. God has called you to do something in this city. What is it? Maybe you already know. Maybe you already feel it stirring up inside of you. Maybe you're not entirely sure how it's gonna work. Don't worry about it. God will tell you exactly what to do and the chances are he's gonna tell you to use the skills that you already have. Do it consistently and continually because out of six days of work came one day of miracle through obedience. How exciting is that? As we end today, I want us to see this vision for 2017. As you're walking out of this building, you start to have this vision inside of yourself of what God is calling you to do. I'm not gonna tell you what to do. I'm, I'm just the messenger here. But God can speak to you and tell you exactly what you've got to do for 2017. So let's stand together as a body, as one. And if you don't mind the, the creepy person that's standing beside you, do you mind holding their hand right beside you? And maybe you can stretch out in the, in the, in the, uh, in the aisles here as well. <clears throat> you know the old song that says, bind us together, Lord. Do you remember that song? Bind us together as one. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Father, we believe you've called us as a body right here. There's a reason why you put everybody in this room right now. There's a reason. We may not feel connected to the person beside us. We not, may not feel connected to something bigger than ourselves. But we are, Lord. We are connected to a bigger vision. And as you instructed the Israelites to just go and do the thing that they have already been doing and do it six days a week, that out of that, out of that obedience, you would make a miracle happen that the walls that are in front of us would fall down for this year. Father, in a prophetic voice, I say that the walls of Jericho will fall before us, that whatever you have told us to set our hands to, you will turn into a miraculous deed before. And the whole nation will start to fear you. The whole country, the cities, the people around us will start to fear you and want to know you, Father, through us. You have called us to greater things, oh God. Oh God, you have called us to greater things. You've called us to greater things. Let us be stirred up in the name of Jesus. Be stirred up in the name of Jesus. Let that spirit stir up within you for this greater vision at Northwest Church. The person who's on your right is your brother and your sister. The person who's on your left is your brother and your sister. Let's pray for them now in the name of Jesus that the vision of Jesus Christ will start to spring up Spring up in the name of Jesus. 
We speak upon the person on our right-hand side that they will be blessed to overflowing. That doors that have been barred, Lord, will start to open up, will start to fall down in the name of Jesus. That walls around them will start to crumble. We speak to the person on our left-hand side and we speak, forget the past, forget what has gone, forget what has been taken from you because what God will give into your hands will be immeasurably more than what you have ever lost. This is the covenant we have entered into with our Father. And Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I bless every person here. I bless them all in the name of Jesus, that they will know what it is to be more than conquerors this year. Give us big vision, we pray. Give us big vision, we pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. May God bless you, and keep you, and make His face to shine upon you. Rory, please. Amen, amen. Come on, come on. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I hope you guys came expecting something special and found that special thing. I wanted a couple of reminders as I send you off. Uh, reminder, raise your expectation. Reminder, get involved with the fast that we are doing. It's going to be powerful. Get a fast partner, whatever. And reminder, when we change, everything changes. Happy 2017. We'll see you next week.